Which, Alex, uh, you, uh, yeah, let me, let me adjust it because you're a big human. <laughs> Three, two, one. Let's, Let's go. go. I'm the host of the PVE podcast, Troy Tittlemeyer. I'm standing at Nate 2023. It's exciting here. You want a beer? I'll take one. All right. Welcome, yeah. <laughs> courage. Cheers. Gracias. Cheers. Cheers to the rocks, man. Um, so we, we try to capture stories, right? Stories from the stones is what we like to say. It's always bring it back to the rocks. We always want to talk about geology and just putting together what is really going on. Uh, and at Nate, you know, it's interesting that you see the blend of business and the technical side of things and how that merges. Because you, you learn through time that the technical community doesn't speak very well. And, and rightfully so, it doesn't really care about the business side of things sometimes. You got to go in search of the truth, not in search of, of some economic gain as a scientist. So, you know, there's there's a, a line that blurs there, but most scientists are just like, oh, I'm not going to deal with that. So then you have someone who doesn't understand the details, but tries to connect these big dots. Right. And that's kind of what NAPE is about to me. But let's talk about you. Let's rock it back. Where are you from? How did you become Alex of TGS? Let's talk about it, man. This episode is brought to you by Trunkline. You probably know Trunkline as the company that makes the legendary oil field horizontal drilling socks. And it's true. Our drill baby drill socks featuring a heel to toe wellbore are 100% American made and are designed right in the heart of the oil and gas industry. But did you know that Trunkline is also a revolutionary digital marketing tool that can transform the way you advertise your oil field services? For only $800 a month, you can showcase your company's project track record on Trunkline and our automated platform will boost your exposure through social media, email marketing, SEO, and more. Now, whenever one of your new customers asks you, can you show me an example of your work? You can simply turn them to your Trunkline portfolio. It's more effective than a brochure, it's less expensive than sponsoring a whole other golf course, and easier than maintaining your website. Join more than 200 service companies on Trunkline by signing up at register.trunkline.com today. Let's go. With more than 35 years of experience in the industry, Impact Exploration Services has you covered for all your mud logging, geosteering, and geoscience service needs. Impact Exploration Services covers every basin in the lower 48 and can customize the services to your needs. Impact Exploration Services sets the professional standard. And the next time you have problems to solve and questions to answer, think Impact Exploration Services. Uh, I'm, I'm born and raised in Houston. Is so, that right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Probably what don't probably hear that as much. Uh, a lot of people ended up here somewhere, some way else. But right. uh, yeah, no, born and raised here. Um, me and my dad worked in worked in the industry for forty years. You know, had you know lots of his friends were geologists and was he a geologist? No, he okay. wasn't. He was in the legal legal side. Legal side. He's a yeah. lawyer. Attorney. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, that's so pretty he was cool. Engineer turned uh, patent attorney. So, Is that right? Yeah. Patent attorney. Yeah. Right on. Okay. So um, so early on, I mean, I. I always liked science. I was into dinosaurs as a kid, you nice, know, and man. so they just kind of saw that and directed me to some of the right people and said, "Hey, you live here in Houston, and right. you, here's what you can do with a science with a right. science passion." So, right, right yeah. on. Man. Um, Where'd you get your degrees from? Uh, I initially I went to Florida Atlantic originally. I was playing ball there. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. you're a big dude. You're playing football. Yeah, baseball, football, football. Is yeah. that right? What position? Uh, 
tight end. Is that right? You're yeah. a tight end? Yeah, yeah. Damn it, dude. That's my favorite position. Yeah, we got got to play like receiver and you know kind of a, a flex between a blocker and a, and a receiver right because right, yeah, so. you got you got width to you you know you're not like <laughs> these wide receivers that are just sticks you know sticks, not quite yeah. yeah so how at your prime you know what were you uh weighing I was in at? What were you two, 230 damn it yeah nice man messing so. with dns and yeah. trying i re i played quarterback in high school is that right and so and I, that's what i originally went there as but after about one season i was they were bigger guys with stronger arms. Is that you know? right? How and far so, can you throw a football? 60. Damn it. Dude, I got 55 out of this thing. Got 55? I can get cannon. 55. All right, all right. That's, that's good, man. That's good. <laughs> hang. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that it was it was weird going from always being upright to all of a sudden having to block, you know, oh, 280 yeah. pound yeah. mean dudes, you yeah. know. So it, yeah. it, it took me about a it took me about a season to kind of really acclimate to that. Yeah, but, but you could catch the ball obviously. Yeah. You do what the quarterback was kind of the thinking. offense. Right. And yeah, right. it was a pretty it was a simple transition mentally, but That uh, was at Florida Atlantic you yeah. played ball? Nice. And, then, and you were a geologist like you yeah, I was doing to be a geo. Yeah, no, I was there to, I was doing geo. Um I got too many concussions and so I had to uh they took the pads from me. Right. I mean, that's a real thing. Yeah, right? yeah. That's a real thing. Yeah, so it, it, it was fine, you know, and then I came back here and I, I got my B, uh, bachelor's and master's at, at U of H. Oh, okay. So, so once the ball kind of fell through, you came back, got your degrees here. Yeah, yeah. Okay, right on. Okay, how old are you? 34. Is that right? Yeah. Damn. Yeah, dude, that's cool. So, all right, you get your degree. When did you get your master's degree? 2016. Oh, nice. Okay, so that's kind of thriving industry. 16's doing pretty good. It's after 15. 15 was bad. 15 was bad. 16 was recovery mode. Yeah. Yeah, so not great. It was, it was kind of an awkward time to come out, you know, because especially for like internship programs, it's like you need to be going into school or coming out of school at kind of the right time. Right. You know, like, right. oh, if... If you don't have, like, we want you to be in school next semester. If, like, if you're yeah. graduating too soon, it kind of, yeah, we're, it's weird. So that's interesting. What did you, you do your thesis in? Uh, right. Offshore Mexico. Offshore so, Mexico. Yeah. Wow. So, so outside of Baja or in the Baja California part? Uh, Gulf of Mexico. Gulf, Gulf of Mexico. Mexico. Oh, Gulf of Mexico. Yeah. Gulf yeah. of Mexico. I'm sorry. Got it. So yeah, looking at because. Uh, I started at TGS as, a, as actually as an intern in 2014. Oh, nice. And so I was contracting or interning and, you know, have with TGS being a subsurface data company, had uh, right. had all the subsurface data I could pick pick oh, from. Oh, they do. They and so do. we had just acquired Higante, which is, you know, the biggest 2D offshore survey in the world. What's um, it called? Higante. I haven't heard of that. So it, it covers, you know, the entire... Gulf of Mexico basin, essentially. Holy smokes! Um, and so, there's a so the Mexican ridges. It's a fold, fold and thrust belt, offshore. So um, offshore Gulf of Mexico, you have folds and thrust belts that all go along the coastline. Yeah, exactly. Wow, how bad? How like how much offset on these thrusts are you seeing? Uh, oh, geez, I mean miles, th thousand, uh, three, two, three, four thousand feet. They're okay. pretty. It's a, okay. it's a. A little less than a it's mile. Like, yeah, just rumple, basically rumpled carpet out to uh, out a few it's hundred currently miles. Currently under extension. Is that what's the the idea? Is where? Yeah, it's a linked. So like here in Houston, you know, got the all the normal faulting going out to the coast. Uh huh. There, it's happening too. There just isn't any salt, and so all the extension, all that it pushes it all down down dip, 
and you wow. get a bunch of these big detachment surfaces in wow. the uh, Eocene and the Oligocene, and it, you know, there's big amplitude folds Is down. That right? It's like you can yeah. see it like oh yeah, money. Wow. And they 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 they, uh, they imprint on the seabed. You can see the topography. Is that right? They're, yeah, they're that that recent. Now these things got faults cutting them like perpendicular, or are they mostly? It's most it's parallel thrusting. The faulting's all parallel. Yeah, that's interesting, man. The, I don't know much about it besides that, you know, the the coast is supposedly like one of the fastest rifting uh, environments around the planet, supposedly. One of the rift zones is opening up incredibly fast. Uh, I mean, the subsidence there is pretty, pretty significant. Uh, I mean, I don't think there's any act, active uh, rifting, but I mean, you would think of, you know, faulting coming down, down dip, big opening extension. Up somehow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Man, right on. So you get your thesis doing that. You're interning with TGS. What were you learning right away at TGS? What was catching your attention? What they, what kind of projects were they putting you on? Um, well, it was kind of still, TGS had just started uh, a lot of onshore work. We had traditionally been a marine seismic when we had you know a big, big well log data library, but they just kind of put together a new geoscience team to try to really uh, get out ahead of exploration. Yeah, onshore, especially like the unconventional with the unconventional right. Permian, man. Yeah, it was you know the Permian. We were starting to shoot the scoop and stack, uh, getting into the, into Williston and. So TGS does spec shoots, right? They set up uh, shoots with with an acquisition company. Yes, and you get companies to underwrite that. Correct. Okay. Yeah, so we were trying to basically do some of the science ahead of time. Right. Uh, right. To to kind of validate internally, hey, there's a. There's a good petroleum system here. There's lots yeah. of people interested. There's there's room to, you know, if we shoot this little piece of the play here, is there room yeah. to run theoretically? Could we yeah, expand man. could we expand it? Um, that's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, so I was doing lots of it was my first, you know, job at that kind of thing. So just learning to read logs and pick tops and uh, yeah. you know, really do Wrap do do, your head do the, around the whole basin, right? Yeah, Correlations. Do, do the mapping, yeah. Right on, man. That's a so, that's a really cool job, especially when you have that kind of data to work with. I, you know, we have. I basically can just log in and pick. You know, I could download two million dollars of well data just because <laughs> I want it. You know, isn't that crazy? Uh, so I'm, I'm kind of a guinea pig. I'm because I'm an internal customer, right? So they're always. I was just. Blo I'm still blown away at how much data, and then how these products keep building on the data and relating to itself. Right. And getting. So you have machine learning tied to that. So theoretically, you should be getting better and smarter with machine learning, plus all the experienced guys mm -hmm. that are developing these ideas. Like, it is truly an amazing amount of data. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, gosh, I think I saw a recent, just the other day, I think we had like, I can't even wrap my head around, it's like 25 petaflops. <laughs> What's a petaflop, man? It's like the next step up from a terror, like, you know, a. A terabyte. Oh, and it's then, a thousand terabytes. Yeah, it's the the next wow. order of magnitude from a ter from a terabyte. Wow. You know, people talk about wanting to be the first trillionaire. I wonder what TGS stacks up in data with everybody else. Like a petalite. I want to be a petalinaire. How do you even say that? I, yeah. <laughs> That's crazy, it's, man. That's yeah. a lot of data. Yeah. And I've been to that warehouse with all the supercomputers yeah, and batteries, yeah. like all that. Like it's a whole building dedicated to hosting the data and yeah. then you got a building of people who are digitizing the data and validating well headers like blown away yeah truly i think it, i think we have like the seventh we used to at least it was like the seventh highest amount of compute power in the world in the world yeah 
Because wow. all the, I mean, it's really, it's the seismic, the processing, right. you know, that, that just takes up. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, just and tons now you're doing and tons of like network 3C space. and all that kind of stuff, even more data, right? Are you guys doing 3C shoots yet? Uh, you mean like... Um, where you're like getting, time lap, like time lapse, or you mean? No, you're getting uh, you're getting P wave and the shear wave. Oh, um, I think that's that's in the works. Okay, but because that takes know. the whole data set even bigger. Yeah, I mean we do we do something called five D interpolation with uh, in onshore data, which kind of helps smooth out you know rough acquisition. Huh. Uh, it's it's a another you know way of working working the data that kind of improves the using improves well the logs and other things to get your shear waves and all those dimensions you're talking about yeah we use i mean we definitely use the the well logs in the the seismic processing to make sure everything's making sense and uh, yeah that's another part of what i what i've done in the past is it's like hey does this structure that we see on seismic does that match the geology right right Got to bring it back do, to do, the rocks, do man. These, do these depth? Does this depth make sense? Does the structure make sense? Does is the seismic character based on the you know the well logs that have already that are there? Does it is this does this make uh does this jive? So I got to a little bit of experience with this. Me and Nate got our heads together. We were doing a webinar series with the Magma Kim Research Institute about mud volcanism. This idea that you could have this mm. deep process coming right. from below depositing itself in Permian time. So how would an old system look? We know what the, what the systems today look like, like in the Marianas Trench and in modern a Azerbaijan, mud volcano, right. like we have modern analogs. How do you, how would that look in the subsurface? So uh, Nate and TGS ran us a couple of big ass lines to the Delaware Basin using RLAS. So it took all the data you guys had and it, mm -hmm. it didn't show individual wells in high definition, but you can really see the speed changes yeah. of the rock. You can clearly see the anhydrites yeah. and the density ch change into the sands and carbonates of Delaware Mountain Group, and then the big unconventional mud, and then the structures were popping out yeah. of these sonic logs. You could see the structure. And so one thing I wanna ask you is now that I understand like where you're at and how much data you've looked at and what you do with the company, I was talking to Andrew about his drill stem test stuff. Mm -hmm this data coming out and he's like, man, we're seeing these structures that tie to permeability as like faults in the pressure data. Like the DST mm -hmm. data is coming mm -hmm. out and highlighting things in a new way. And yeah. to me, it's that's new data. He's like, yeah, but it's from the seventies. I'm like, you guys are digitizing that stuff and putting it in a platform for the first time to visualize it. And oh, by the way, compare it to the seismic, compare it to well law, like, right. You didn't do that it's, in the seventies, man. Yeah, no one no. dreamed about that. Well, it was all paper. It's all like just paper records <laughs> yeah. somewhere, and, yeah. and now having it because we, yeah, we kind of stumbled on it. Uh, is that through, right? through a because a guy's been doing this for his, this up. guy's life work is you know yeah. digitizing you know fifty thousand drill stem tests right, <laughs> oh and then my just gosh. and he needed he needed a broker, and so we uh, you know stepped up and and got it with it. But yeah, it's 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 a whole other dimension to some, it's just some real tests from the wells right. that, that tell you what's going on yeah. before and, the horizontal play yeah right you're looking yeah, it's at a, it's these unconventional things. eric it's a yeah conventional tool conventional right? data set before the unconventional so I, I was telling him i'm like man i i am super excited to follow like publications or what you guys are doing as far as presenting that data and showing some of these concepts because you you have time and you guys have all the data you mm -hmm. have the historic production data 
that an, you know, a, a classified petroleum engineer can figure out pressures and make predictions about what the permeability or porosity yeah. is based on just the Klein curve analysis. You guys have like, you're adding, you're bolting on these things that are just really bringing to life, I think the data in, in all kinds of new ways, man. What, yeah. are you, what are your thoughts on kind of where it's going from here? I mean, we're, yeah, it's going to be, I think, I mean, the first step is making it available, right? right. It's making it digestible and indexing it. And yeah, um, yeah good, we're, point. We're, good point. What subsurface technology do you use or uh, uh, software do you use? Is it all? Uh, Kingdom. Oh, okay. Is, uh, I mean, we, we build stuff, we build things to be ingestible by Petrel and by, you know, every other tool out there yeah. but but kingdom is internally is what we use do nice. for interpretation cool man uh, i've heard good things about that yeah no it's 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 serviceable yeah <laughs> uh it's it, you know like stuff like patrol is kind of the the, the lambo the lambo of, that's like of, the of, 800 pound gorilla yeah man. yeah that thing but, is but it, it's cool um yeah well i mean we're trying to we're trying to leverage all of that into you know new studies i mean we do especially with that kind of thing, like we do basin temperature models. Oh, nice. Where we, mo we actually model the temperature from bottom, you know, from bottom hole temperature measurements. And we combine that with, you know, the stratigraphy and the structure yeah. and turn it into a, actually like a 3D volume of, of temperature, almost, right? So yeah. we, you know, look at geothermal gradients and yeah. uh, we're trying to use that for, you know, geothermal prospecting too, right to see, on. you know, where, where do you have good reservoir and where do you have good uh, proper temperatures right for, on so now you're a carbon guy you're a carbon dioxide con guy recently uh converted yeah, yeah. <laughs> i got i got drawn drawn over by uh, it's like an aa meeting yeah. <laughs> i'm alex yeah, yeah. i'm <laughs> a carbon yeah. sequestration now yeah, yeah. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by trunkline you probably know Trunkline as the company that makes legendary oil field horizontal drilling socks. And it's true. Our drill baby drill socks featuring a heel to toe wellbore are 100% American made and are designed right in the heart of the oil and gas industry. But did you know that Trunkline is also a revolutionary digital marketing tool that can transform the way you advertise your oil field services? For only $800 a month, you can showcase your company's project track record on Trunkline and our automated platform will boost your exposure through social media, email marketing, SEO, and more. Now, whenever one of your new customers asks you, can you show me an example of your work? You can simply turn them to your Trunkline portfolio. It's more effective than a brochure, it's less expensive than sponsoring a whole other golf course, and easier than maintaining your website. Join more than 200 service companies on Trunkline by signing up at register.trunkline.com today. Let's go. With more than 35 years of experience in the industry, Impact Exploration Services has you covered for all your mud logging, geosteering, and geoscience service needs. Impact Exploration Services covers every basin in the lower 48 and can customize the services to your needs. Impact Exploration Services sets the professional standard. And the next time you have problems to solve and questions to answer, think Impact Exploration Services. That's funny, dude. So, That's cool, man. That's it's it's looking at it all with a different kind of pair of glasses, yeah, right? Yeah, you're looking at putting in instead of pulling out. Yeah, that's a big difference. It's another. I mean, it's another for me. It's another you know subsurface problem right. to solve, right? right? Is you know it's a lot of the same 
workflows that you would do That's for right. evaluating a reservoir and exploration. But now you're looking at, okay, what's what's my density of CO2 going to be here? How What's the quality of the reservoir? How's that going to affect how economic it is? How in, how uh, What's the injectivity? Yeah. What's, you know, based on your pressures and temperatures and depth, what the you know, the, the density of the CO2 is is a big part of that because- you Are you to, using the carbon axiom? Are you using the uh, I'm, virtual- I'm, I'm one of the, yeah. Are you? I'm one of the, I guess, technical people behind it. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Dude, I love the idea. It's another way to visualize, right? Mm -hmm. And keep you locked in because in the virtual world, you don't see your phone. That's a big distraction. You see your phone light up and you're on the desktop. You're like, oh, I'll check that. And then like five minutes goes by because you want to take the call. You didn't really need to take the call. But what's geoscience, dude, it's it's a lot of idea progressing is is our workflows, right? You're mm -hmm. like, oh, I found that's an interesting data point. You don't take any real note of it. It's a mental note. And then it connects to something else. And you start finding anomalies and you're mad. At, you're like putting patterns together. That's what geoscientists really are and really good at is pattern recognition. You can't get distractions when you're in that mode. And I feel like the virtual world might be a good place to sit. And you agree yeah, or disagree? Yeah, for reviewing stuff, I think it's it's pretty it's pretty cool. I, I'm sure there's going to be, I mean, because you've all you've seen the big 3D like rooms, showrooms yeah, and things, yeah. you know, I'm sure there's going to be, I mean, making that more accessible to everyone to work in. I'm sure that that has to be, I'm sure that'll be part of future workflows yeah. is, is stuff like that. Um, I remember thinking when I was working for an operator, I was telling the IT guy, I said, just put me like one of those 3D helmets at my desk. So when I remote in, I can actually like look at my screens and I can control the computer. He thought I was, you know, this is ridiculous. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm not yeah, going to help. Yeah. You. I'm not going to do that. Just remote in like everyone else. <laughs> and I'm like, all right. But anyway, it's uh, the metaverse, man. It's That's... an interesting twist. You're bringing up some interesting technicalities of this carbon sequestration stuff. Can you just very simply explain the dip, like the fundamental differences and similarities of oil and gas exploration versus carbon sequestration? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, your first, the initial approach is kind of similar is what you would think of for exploration. You know, there's obviously you're trying, essentially you're trying to drill a dry hole, right? Or a wet or the wet leg of a reservoir. Yeah. And so you're not concerned about charge, right? You don't from, or sort, you're not interested in the source rocks. You're just yeah. interested in the reservoir. Right. Um, and so, I mean, you got to figure out your net, your net to gross in your reservoir, where your, where your water legs are, where it's salt water saturated. You got to figure out porosity, permeability, pressures, temperatures, depth, you know, for, for CO2 sequestration, the idea is to get the CO2 super critical. So it's Ooh. acting as a non-Newtonian fluid. It's not just, it's not like a, it's not like gas would be normal, uh -huh. like methane or ethane. It's or some butane. kind of liquid. Yeah, essentially. It's not, it's not acting like a gas necessarily in the reservoir. It's a very slippery, non-Newtonian kind of fluid. Whoa. And so it, and it, it happens because it's, it doesn't behave the same as a gas, uh, as you go further down, it increases in density extremely quickly. Really? Yeah. So that's past, cool. Yeah. So past three thousand, about three thousand feet, it goes super critical. And when just you say super critical, the pro that's when the the properties change from acting more like a gas to, to more like a liquid. Cor correct. Whoa. And when you get big, 
density changes in any system, you start making things want to react. Yes. Things want to want to start reacting. So when it goes super critical, something's going on with the carbon and oxygen. Are those hydrogen bonds or covalent bonds between the carbon and oxygens? It's carbon ox. We could. We don't um, have to have this in the show. Chemi <laughs> chemist. My chemistry. Co. Uh, Something's going on there. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. And is the carbon releasing? Uh, no, it's just it's just acting as more of a more of a fluid. So um, it's still CO2. Correct. But it's dense and it starts reacting like a fluid. So when so when we CO2 flood a reservoir, one of the things that these guys talk about is is snap off. Have you heard of that term? Snap off. It's this idea that the CO2 molecule actually gets into the porosity space and then it stays there mm -hmm. and that and then it moves what it has to make room. Yeah. So it's the oil and brine that's stuck there starts moving, it starts put pushing. Yeah. And the, and the CO2 stays behind. It's right. So that's the storage idea, right? Yeah. And exactly. it's like 20 or 40 percent is like snap off. It doesn't come back. Yeah. No. I mean, with an EOR flood, I mean, you are storing CO2, right? You're just but you're hoping that more of it moves around and you can pull some of it back up to, to re-inject. Yeah, yeah um, heck yeah. But, Interesting. Yeah, I mean, well, there's weird interactions that happen too. Like if you inject it into a dolomite, what happens, you get some man? You get some serpentine mineralization. What? Yeah. What? So, so that really locks it, locks what? it in there. This episode is brought to you by Trunkline. You probably know Trunkline as the company that makes the legendary oil field horizontal drilling socks. And it's true, our drill baby drill socks featuring a heel to toe wellbore are 100% American made and are designed right in the heart of the oil and gas industry. But did you know that Trunkline is also a revolutionary digital marketing tool that can transform the way you advertise your oil field services? For only $800 a month, you can showcase your company's project track record on Trunkline and our automated platform will boost your exposure through social media, email marketing, SEO, and more. Now, whenever one of your new customers asks you, can you show me an example of your work? You can simply turn them to your trunk line portfolio. It's more effective than a brochure. It's less expensive than sponsoring a whole other golf course and easier than maintaining your website. Join more than 200 service companies on Trunkline by signing up at register.trunkline.com today. Let's go. With more than 35 years of experience in the industry, Impact Exploration Services has you covered for all your mud logging, geosteering, and geoscience service needs. Impact Exploration Services covers every basin in the lower 48 and can customize the services to your needs. Impact Exploration Services sets the professional standard. And the next time you have problems to solve and questions to answer, think Impact Exploration Services. Or what kind of serpentine? Like lizard-eyed? I'd have to look. Antigorite, you're <laughs> yeah, making you're, serpentine, you're, you're, you're bringing me back to my petrology days. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you got to bring it back, man. Yeah. That's important. Yeah. That's super important. The CO2, what? I haven't heard that, man. You, yeah, you that's pretty me cool. so excited. That's, yeah, so there's, cheers. Cheers to that, man. That's a discovery, in my opinion. I have not heard of that. Yeah. CO2 flooding a dolomite. Dolomites are MGCACO3 yes. taken twice. Yes, it's with a little two there. Yeah. So the CO2 that you bring in and super critical starts reacting with the CO2 that's in the, in the, in the rock. Right. 
and it starts precipitating out. It makes authogenic minerals, man. Yeah. It may, and it makes serpentine authogenic minerals. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Wow, where's that study? Have you like? Can you send that to me? I'll 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 try. I'll try. Give me your card. Also. Yeah. No, man. I'm I'm following it, dude. That's super super interesting. Um, Dolomites, man. Isn't that a crazy concept? Yeah. These Dolomite Alps. You know, they're all over the place. Dolomites. Yeah. Oh pretty, man. Um, but yeah. So there's other things like. Um, I mean, obviously, you got to have a sufficient seal, right? So, when you're storing, uh, right, can't be fractured up. Can't can't be fractured up above. I mean, there's all kinds of, you know, the regs on this are still kind of right up in the air it's with the EPA. It's like writing the rules. Who, yeah, right? it's like who's liable? Like, how long yeah. are you liable for? Yeah. Like, if the government's giving you this incentive to do this, right? Like, how long are you liable for? What? Yeah. So there's a lot to be sorted out there. And plus, yeah. especially in most states, you know, how land like surface rights and mineral rights are can separate, be separate. Right. But with with this kind of thing, the the landowner, even if he doesn't own the minerals, he still owns the pore space. What? Yeah. The landowner. The landowner the surface own owner the minerals, but he owns he the always pore owns space. the always owns the pore space. Really? Yeah. So That's now it's a weird. Twist. So now it's so now it's a bit. It's it's a real estate game almost. You know who has, where's the storage and how many surface owners are there? How many do you have to do you have to deal with? And can people wow. and can people you know can get tax credits on your own land if you have, wow. if you have storage beneath you? Damn it, man! We're making uh, we're bringing it back, dude. I mean, Americans can really take advantage of this kind of thing. Yeah. That's cool. Where's the CO2 mostly coming from in these projects? Is it produced from the gas from the wells that are producing? Where it's it's going to be more than likely it's going to be, you know, capture from industrial sites. Oh, so they're putting an exhaust on like the city of Houston. <sighs> Basically. That's not built yet, though. So no. the idea is we got to find this. We got to write the regs. We got to work out all these kinks mm -hmm. while we build processing to take the co2 yeah. and put it somewhere yeah so there's you can do di like direct air capture where you would you know actually like put things in like smokestacks almost and and suck this and you know separate the co2 out or Whoa. you know like an eth at like ethanol or gas plants when they're processing it you know they separate it in the actual uh in the actual plant it doesn't actually the co2 doesn't make it into the air they just siphon it off where do they and put it well that's that's the thing right now is i mean there's there are some you know they there's there's domes and things like salt domes oh, whoa. um or they just they sell the co2 for you know their beverages or you nice. know there's two there's two kind of big networks of co2 uh pipelines there's one i guess three there's one you know mississippi arkansas okay uh there's one in west texas for all the eor floods there okay. and there's a big network in wyoming and Montana. Oh, wow. Okay, so nothing so, in South Texas or not really. Houston, no, that's, well, that's going to be another big part of this is actually getting the CO two infrastructure built out. Right. And who's no one's letting anyone build pipelines, right? Wow. So. And when you move it in a pipeline, it's in its gas face, or do yeah, you have to compress it? Okay, you, yeah, you move it as gas. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess what maybe makes most realistic sense economically, and correct me if I'm wrong. If, if the infrastructure is building, we should be looking around 
processing plants for places to store this? That's, yes, that's gonna be the big, that, yeah, that's it. Basically, in evaluating beneath emitters, it's like, do you have storage here? Because that, that would be, that's optimal. If you can just capture it. Put it in the ground. And put it in the ground right there, yeah. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, so really cool. that's that's kind of one of the things we're, we're, we're looking at is, can you, can we go to emitters and evaluate the storage that's right that's right beneath their feet? In your opinion, how how kind of active is active the word? Obviously, we're active in doing this, but what kind of what kind of politics do you see from your perspective working on this problem? Where's where are you at? Are you seeing a lot of support? Do you think there needs to be more support in this? I mean, the incentive, the, on its face, the incentives are there, you okay. know, with, you know, the new bills passed this year, they, let's, it's called the 45Q tax credit, um, where they, they doubled your, your incentive. It was 45 bucks a ton that you'd stored to, to where it's now 80, 85. You're getting $85 a ton? Yeah. You get actual cash for that? For the first five years, you get actual payments, and then after that, it's tax it's uh, tax write offs or tax tax breaks, wow. taxes. And there's there's some entity that goes in and says, okay, um, I'm going to calculate how much how much CO2 you're reducing here and give yes. you these credits. They, yeah, there's an evaluation, and that's a government ran. Right, it's it would be the EPA essentially oh, EPA yeah. rolling in and you know there, there's private there's there's private uh like carbon credit markets that okay. where there's third parties that do a lot of the validation and so it, it's a it's it's a it's it's an emerging i mean there's a lot of room to run in the market i wow. mean who knows it it may be slightly economic i mean especially if you can stack it on something you're you're already doing right. like if you've got a gas field and you can inject CO2 close by, like, yep. you know. Yep. I mean, it's, CO2, like, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for when you carbonate a, wa a fluid, like a soda or a beer, right? We mm -hmm. carbonate that. Yep. There are good studies and results all over the place of, of carbonating the brines that you produce and putting that back in formation and getting a big uptick in production. So, I mean, I, I feel like we can we can definitely take advantage of, of these benefits that the industry and government is, is, is supporting for shallow oil field production. And, you know, a lot of these fields that are kind of in decline, yeah. if they can get a tax break or they can get some, some support mm -hmm. that says, hey, take the gas you're making carbonate it back into the brines and put that back in your reservoir you know win-win you're yeah. making more oil but building that infrastructure costs a lot of money so you, yeah. you gotta yeah part of the challenge there too is is that the uh the activists will say well that's just a band-aid you're still producing hydro <laughs> you're still producing hydrocarbons you know it's the people who i you, see you know not that i'm that's i don't agree with that but it's you know people who kind of sometimes drive the more extreme part of this agenda. They see CCS as almost just a Band-Aid. It's like, oh, we're just we're kind of making up for, that's the other, that's another political challenge there, right? 
Yeah. So, you, I, I mean, you go, all right, if your suggestion of our solution is uh, just a Band-Aid, well, what do they have to, to offer, right? Like, what is the alternative? That we just shut everything in and stop producing? You're just, uh, yeah, no, it's... It's, uh, like, it's not an alternative. That's not realistic alternative. It's not logically no. getting through the, the problem. Uh, interesting. I don't need to get into no, that. No, we didn't. <laughs> we need more beers yeah, and no need. microphones. <laughs> I don't, uh, don't need to dunk on and dunk on uh, <laughs> environmental wackos here. But uh... Well said. Hey, look at the seismic up here, though. I didn't even notice that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I yeah. thought that was just blue felt. No, we put look. we sneak it in. We sneak the the imagery in everywhere. All right, man. Well. I've enjoyed the heck out of this conversation. Thank you for sharing oh, likewise, your time with me. Absolutely. Um, I'm really going to bug you about this serpentine dolomite thing. That is badass, and, uh, and I, I'm I'm super pumped to see what you what happens, man. I mean, you you're involved in a company that I have a ton of respect for. I've been watching for several years now as a young professional, kind of getting into more experience. TGS is a serious player. And you guys are stacking up all this data, and you're you're really doing some special things, making new. Uh, ideas come about. So I'm, I'm super excited for you, man. Thanks. Yeah, man. Thanks for the Appreciate show. It. This, was, this, was, this was a blast. Right on.